This is the Champagne and Socks podcast. I'm Elisa. Well, I believe everybody but me who is still in the house is asleep and my little toddler that's grown into a kid is off for her kindy open day tomorrow. So I'm here. I've got my podcasting equipment. Let's do this podcast. Beginning of May, I was so lucky to get to go to a knitting workshop. I think I mentioned it in a previous podcast, but this is actually my very first knitting class ever. It was my very first craft class ever. Like maybe not ever, ever. I'm pretty sure my mum used to sign me up for these really hideous classes when I was little. I have really bad memories about them. She thought I'd enjoy them and, you know, like probably I would have, but I didn't like... um, the social aspects of it and I was always like the youngest person at these things and it was always really uncomfortable. I remember this one time I did a cooking class and I was so little compared to everybody else in the class I had to cook on the you know in commercial kitchens where they have these stainless steel set up tables and then they have like a stowage underneath I had to use the underneath to cook on I don't know what my mum was thinking one day I'll ask her and like possibly this is why I'm slightly scarred about actually showing up to any class at all by myself I never do it I don't go to the gym by myself I won't take a yoga class by myself I certainly wouldn't sign up to go and do a class on knowing how to do anything by myself So how did I end up here? Let me tell you. I have been a massive fan of Loani Pryor and her tea cozies for a while. I'm pretty sure my mum, because my mum is cooler than me, got herself and then I nabbed it a pattern book on tea cozies. wasn't actually by her. But after that, I started noticing really cool tea cozy patterns. And someone at work had the very first book, Wild Tea Cozies, and I might have photocopied a few out of their... From there, she had one book out a year for a while. She actually got four books out and I had a few of them and then her latest one came out, Pretty Funny Tea Cozies. I feel like Alex bought me my copy because Alex was at a craft fair in Melbourne and spotted it and I think Luani was actually there. So I had all of them and this one is so totally gorgeous. This is an aside, but the front of the book has this pink and green tea cozy with flowers on top and I fell in love with that straight away but it actually like I fell in love with it so much that I wanted to make it with that yarn I am totally not a follow the instructions to the letter crafter and I was really amused when I saw somewhere on some American website that they find that most people buy exactly the same yarn like down to the color and the make and that they actually prescribed you can substitute that. I've like forever been substituting. I don't know if that's because in Australia it's really hard to source yarns and it's also you've got to use what you have on hand, tools and yarns. So I've pretty much always learnt and been shown how to like, you know, MacGyver up something and get it kind of okay. So this was really rare for me to like try and get the exact yarn and the yarn and I'm going to mispronounce it because it's a German make is Zauerball I think and the particular colorway was sold out across Australia for about six months. I hunted and hunted and hunted for it and I eventually got it but after I'd worked so hard to get this yarn I haven't actually ventured to make the tea cozy like that was too traumatic but I think I will soon do it because I am reinvigorated and I'm inspired. Deb, my friend who also 
was involved in this fangirl action hopped on to Luani's uh, newsletter. And so she flicked me a very interesting newsletter back in January that she was coming here. Luani was coming here to do a workshop and I was probably the very first person to put my name on the list. You had to just send her a PM on Facebook and there was, I think, 10 places and I so wanted one. It wasn't cheap. I decided that would be my birthday present from my husband and I nabbed it and it was for May. So that was so far in advance, but, and it was so cool. It was, okay, this is going to be at a private venue and you will get the details later. It was all very, the crow will crow at midnight. Totally didn't think about it for a while and then it came up to the time and then I started stressing out because I hate going to things where I don't know anyone, I don't know what to expect and so on. But she was really lovely because she gave you exact instructions of where to park and then she was actually standing out the front welcoming everybody in which I just think was, for me that was really great because then you've already met her and in a kind of casual environment before the class begins. And you also don't have that weird, oh, I don't quite know where to go because it was not in a really, here's the house number, go in that house kind of venue. So that was just like a thing to note for life experience that you can so easily put other people at ease by just standing outside the front and directing the traffic in. It was really lovely. Anyway, as it turned out, there were 10 spots and I actually knew two of the people in the class. So I had stressed. I'd said to my husband, oh, I, I don't know what this is going to be like. I'm really worried. And he said to me, yeah, you feel that way now, but you'll be back tomorrow telling me all about the friends that you've met. And that's, you know, exactly what happened. So of course, everybody was really lovely. There were 10 people in the class, so it's very hard not to meet everybody. And we were all sitting around one big long table and she was really pointed in making sure that everybody learnt everybody's names is the very first thing, which I also really liked. I actually hate that whole thing where you have to make people speak. I'm so not into all those icebreakers and stuff, but she made everybody really learn everybody else's name and it meant that you knew everybody's name, which was really good. The other thing that I thought would be scary but was totally fine was you couldn't ask anybody else in the class for help. You had to ask her, which I totally agree with because otherwise you're just disrupting everybody else from their learning. But you had to go up and sit next to her and specifically ask for help. And, you know, I'm a bit shy. I am a bit shy. I know that's quite shocking, but I am. And I thought that would be horrible, but it totally wasn't. It was fine because, hello, 10 people, very quickly you're going to get to know everybody. And it was a very relaxed, fun atmosphere. So what do we do? We actually made a tea cosy. We made one out of, I think, her second book. I'd have to confirm that, but it was the Warrior Tea Cosy. I've seen her teach this one online because I do follow her Facebook and I've seen a lot of people, you know, at the end of a two-day workshop have a finished tea cosy, which I thought would be crazy. It turns out that you can take well-staged photos to look like everybody's finished. Let me say that. I would consider myself a reasonably proficient and experienced knitter. I didn't quite know what to expect, but I did feel like I already knew about half the things that she was going to be showing you. So I wasn't really sure how I would go. Um, as it happened, I think there was probably one or two other people who were about my level or a bit more advanced. On the second day, I was one of the people who helped other people because of other reasons, doesn't matter. So that was fine. But I really, really, really wanted to learn how to do continental knitting and so 
it was all worth it to have somebody show me how to continental knit. My background in knitting is that I learned so long ago I don't even really remember learning. Both my grandmothers knitted. One did knit but she crocheted mostly and my other grandmother knit. So in my early years, so 10 and under, she was still really, she, arthritis hadn't really got her too badly and stuff and so she knitted a lot she probably knit a jumper a week and we had a lot of knitted clothes and a lot of complicated knitted clothes so she was a very good knitter and she was very very patient and so I don't remember her teaching me how to knit but I remember being about three and having like a cast offs bag with knitting needles and stuff that I was allowed to just I don't know tie knots and stuff in and I remember later than that bringing her stuff and her fixing things that I'd I'd done so my mum probably taught me you know cast on scarves and you know kind of helped me a bit but my mum is not as patient as my grandmother was let's just say that. I've knitted for a really long time but I you know in my later years I don't know, maybe 15 years ago when I really picked knitting back up again. That was back when knitters were starting to find each other really properly online and we were getting a lot of access to uh, hand dyers and really cool patterns were starting to be shared online and a little bit before Ravelry, I guess. Sock knitting started to be all the rage. I read a lot of knitting blogs back then and, you know, they were really into uh, sock knitting this was kind of a thing that I wanted to know how to do but I didn't know anybody who knit socks so I didn't know how to learn that and that's when I started to use YouTube and and video tutorials to learn how to do things and I think those are really great and if that's the only access you have to learn something then you take what you can get but it's so not the same as somebody sitting next to you watching you do something and correcting you especially when you're learning something completely new and helping you not fall into any really bad habits and who cares about bad habits really it's knitting it's fun but if you know me at all (laughs) you'll know that I am dedicated to productivity and if I can avoid bad habits so that I can knit boring bits faster I'm totally up for that and also you don't want to get RSI or any other injuries Um, so it's really good to like not get into bad habits for that reason then you can knit more you see what did we learn we learnt the holy cast on, which I already knew because I'd knit several of her other tea cozies, but everybody really loved it and it is a really cool cast on technique. It's very similar to the crocheted magic circle. It's pretty cool for just casting on the top of a hat and then knitting down. So we did that. We learnt magic loop, which I also, I was all like, oh, you know, I've tried this and I'm not into it. So I knit my socks with DPNs because I just really couldn't get my head around the magic loop. Again, way easier when somebody's showing you and I'm like, okay, yeah, fine. That's probably easier. It's easier insofar as you don't have as many ends to drop stitches off. That's good. And you have less ends to get ladders when you're knitting a sock, for example. Cool, fine. I learned how to do that. It was no big deal. We learned how to knit off a picture and not a pattern. So she handed you a picture not a pattern. There wasn't a row three knit this and row six knit that. There wasn't a graph to follow. It was literally a pattern and she really emphasized understanding how construction and various knitting techniques work to make something. So for example if you want to make a cone or you want to make a slanted hat 
how many increased rows and how that works and the slices of a pie which is how you do a hat where you repeat every certain number of increments and then you end up with segments of a pie and you increase outwards like that. I hope that makes sense. If you've knitted in the round, it probably does. Understanding how you vary that in a third dimension to get different shapes, basically. So that was pretty cool because I would consider myself basically someone who can knit really well from a pattern and that I don't really know much about design. But uh, Loani was very quick to say, no, now I've shown you everything. You now know how to design, which I think was really interesting because it sort of turned my own concepts about myself on ahead. And I might have to challenge myself to try designing something or constructing something from a picture or a shape. Maybe I'll put that on next year's to-do list because I'm very busy this year. <laughs> and then we learned continental knitting. So continental knitting is where you knit with your right hand and your left hand basically. So it's really useful for Feral, which was what I was hoping we would learn. And we did do a little bit of Feral. Obviously Feral is more time consuming. So if you wanted to do something really complicated, you wouldn't have finished it in the two days. Basically continental knitting, you hold one color yarn in one hand and another color yarn in the other hand, and then you knit and then you feed whichever color you need using whichever hand. I'm happy continental knitting, continental purling I love much, much less, much, much less. However, since the class, I have made sure to do a few things where I have been continental knitting. I'm not sure if I've been continental purling at all, but I just wanted to reinforce that because it was a pain to learn. I hated it. We all hated it. It was really, really horrible. It feels really awkward and uncomfortable. And if you think about it too hard, it's really, really hard. But it makes such a difference when you are doing colour work because you don't tangle all your yarns up. And I loved that. So I loved that I got the chance to learn that. I loved that I got to sit next to somebody and critique my skill and then come back and double check me. And I have reinforced that by doing it again. And I'll probably have a few more projects coming up that I'll try and make sure I have colour work in so I can really get the hang of continental knitting. I don't think I would continental knit with just one colour. I don't love doing it that much. It's a pain. So that was that. That was super cool. The other thing we learned, which was also very cool with colour work, is how to change colours and how to knit in the second colour and then switch and then knit out the colour that you've just been working with. So it's been interesting because since that class, I've been trying to work out when you would do this and when you wouldn't do it. And it's kind of interesting I don't know how to do it with pearl knitting, so that's not useful all the time. But it's super awesome for not having to weave in your ends later. So that has me interested because I am horrible at doing all of the tidy up stuff afterwards. Are you shocked? I'm not shocked. So I just want to finish something and move on. So I will endeavour to learn how to properly pearl in my ends because that's also really great and it feels really secure and it looks really really nice and I don't think I could explain it to you so if you see me in person ask me because it's pretty cool. Another thing she was teaching was how to read your knitting but I'm actually again because I'm quite lazy I want to understand where I've made my mistakes so I can figure out how to 
fix them without having to pull stuff out. So I'm pretty good at learning how to read my knitting and fix. And also because I'm lazy, I will put things down without having any record of where I was up to. So you'll learn pretty quick smart how to read your knitting after that. So that was cool. And I think that's pretty much it. Those are all the things that we learned. Oh, at the end of the two days, we had to spend an hour. I love that we had to spend an hour playing with bits and pieces to decorate our our finished tea cozies. I did finish mine in the class, but I still have to knit the underskirt, and I'm also going to knit just some finishing pieces for around the two gaps where you put the handle and the spout of your teapot. I'm just going to finish those up because they do look nicer when you do it. And it's just pick up stitches, knit three or four rows and then cast off and it just gives you like a ruffled finish. It's quite nice. I didn't really like the playing with your bits and pieces. We had all kinds of things to play with. You could have made a pom-pom, you could have put feathers in, you could have done... You could have done all kinds of things. I did a few things. I've taken a photo of it. I think I'll put it on Facebook. I'll pop it on my Champagne and Socks Facebook page, which I should probably use more often as the easiest place to put pictures of things I've done. And I'm going to try and do that a bit more. I didn't really love it, probably because I prefer to just follow the instructions. I'm probably going to take mine out and do something else when I tidy it all up. But I really loved the class after the first day, which had pretty much all the learning, and the second day was finishing off the tea cozy and just reinforcing bits and pieces that you'd learnt. When I came home, I was so tired. It was like I'd done a three-hour exam, you know, where you go in, pour everything you know onto pieces of paper and leave, and then you just are done for the day. I felt like that. It was really funny. I was also super sore. It's been a long, long time since I've sat and knitted for eight hours, so... That was crazy. The other thing was I loved meeting people. Having just told you that I don't like going to things where I don't know anyone, I actually loved meeting everybody and made a few friends and we all swapped contact details and some of us probably will meet up again. And it was really fun just to meet people, hear people's stories, find out why they craft, how they got into craft, bits and pieces of their lives and just, just sit with people. So... It was super fun and I recommend if you ever get the chance to take one of her classes that you jump at the chance. It was really worth the money and we had morning and afternoon tea outside in the lovely environment, just chatted. It was really cool. It made me slightly sad that I don't have my grandmothers around anymore to show me how to do crafting. I think they've both set me up pretty well for life and I have a lot of skills that I wouldn't have otherwise and I have a love of crafting which I definitely got from both of them and my mum and I love that whenever I create something I feel like I'm channeling them through what I do which I love that handing on to the next generation it just feels really 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 cool to be handing on something so intangible yet so valuable I met a really lovely old lady at this class and she te she's she been teaching sewing for 45 years and I'm going to get her to teach me how to sew with a sewing machine. She laughed at me because she knew I was an engineer and I just can't work a, mach a sewing machine and she thought that was pretty funny. I can't, I can't do it and I think that's ridiculous to sit there and say you can't do something. But meeting somebody then meant that I was really willing to then think about oh taking another class with her and she's keen to keep making sure that her skills are passed on 
And I love that. I mean, knowledge is so intangible. It's inside people's heads. And yet without it, you're lost. And just the act of sitting over a coffee and giving somebody knowledge, transferring knowledge, that's pretty amazing. I mean, obviously, that's how the human race has survived so long. But it was just really nice to have that perspective. And I really enjoyed my workshop. So I'll pop a picture up on my Facebook page of the Tea Cozy as it currently is. And then check back in with me later to see if I actually finished everything. I will. Not an if. It's a when. But... I'm working on trying to finish things in a shorter turnaround. So I will get back to that when I've finished a few other really key pressing crafting tasks. You've been listening to the Champagne and Socks podcast. You can now subscribe via iTunes, leave a review if you like, join the craft circle and tell us what you're working on this week. Email me at champagneandsocks at gmail.com or find me on Twitter as Champagne Socks. I'm over on Ravelry as Girlie Jones. Also find the Ravelry group, Champagne and Socks. Finally, photos and links for this episode can be found in the show notes at champagneandsocks.com. Speak to you later.